Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. In this podcast, we talk to a man that knows a lot about spiritual awakenings, Dr. Terry Slachter. What a pleasure and privilege to introduce a good friend, someone actually that I get the privilege of praying with just about every week. Uh, Dr. Terry Slachter, and uh, I'll give a little bit more about him, but just want to welcome you, Terry. Thanks for joining me uh, this day. Great to be with you, Randy. And uh, let me just give a little background on Terry. Um, he is a, a doctor, and uh, as far as uh, degrees, and uh, he's executive director of Reaching America Ministries. A little bit more about that as, as we talk. He's also... He's, he's, he's a busy guy. He's a lead pastor at Lamont Christian Reformed Church, which is located in Coopersville, Michigan. Um, he's written a number of Bible studies and evangelistic materials to equip churches and individual Christians to do saturation evangelism in their neighborhoods. That's exciting. He's also authored numerous books, and he's lectured on spiritual awakening movements and pastoral encouragement. He and his wife, Carmen, have two married daughters and three grandkids. And uh, again, there's much more to say about, but this is a guy that knows a lot about revival, spiritual awakening. He's written on it. It's definitely something that we've been praying about and, and eager for. And anyhow, again, welcome, Terry, and thanks for taking a few minutes to join us today. My pleasure, Andy. So, Terry, you know, we know at the end of the day, you know, Jesus, you know, wins big, right? I mean, you know, he says to his disciples in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go make disciples. And we know that he's going to be with us to the end and that at the end, you know, you can read about that in the book of Revelation and elsewhere in Scripture that we, he, he wins big. But we're kind of in that in, in between time, and we don't always see the, this great victory. In fact, in our nation today, things are getting kind of ugly. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with me on that? Oh yeah. Um, it's depressing to watch the news and uh, yeah. sometimes it's better for us health-wise, maybe uh, emotionally not to even turn it on, but you can't hide in the sand forever. Yeah. I mean, just the division in our country, right. left versus right, and just the media, I mean, it's just, oh, it's just, it, it's, it's very unpleasant to, to, as you say, watch the news and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's not always been that way. Although I think many of our listeners, viewers uh, are unaware of some of the prior times in our country where we've had, this is a technical term, declension, where things have not been so good. Why don't you describe at least one, one of those that, that might come to your mind? Well, um, uh, I've been working recently on, on the, the idea that we had a, an awakening uh, in the 1970s, mm. starting with 1970. Um, there, there's some disagreement with that, but um, if you think about the declension, the decline in the 1960s, mm -hmm. the, 
cities on fire, college campuses on fire. Uh, you think of um, mm -hmm. the National Guard. Um, of course, we, we can begin to imagine that now. Sure. Yeah. Some of those things on our news. But this was a nightly thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, in Detroit, for example, uh, paratroopers coming in, basically, um, you think about Kent State, um, the kids shot there, and you think about um, the the kind of the underground movement uh, yeah. that uh, basically were plotting to overthrow the government in Washington. And yeah, bombing. actually, I, I worked oh, in the man. Pentagon. I worked in the Pentagon during oh. that time, and there was actually an explosion in the Pentagon uh, down the down the uh, corridor from where I worked. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone had planted a bomb. So yeah, it right. was going on. It was terrible. I mean, and, and to think that, you know, this country isn't going to really get divided. I mean, terribly uh, divided to think about is this country going to go on? And then, of course, you had Watergate a little bit after that. But, sure. Um, the Lord was moving in powerful ways. Uh, and you think of the movements, uh, not just the the, uh, the um, movement that was started in California with with kind of the hippies, sure. um, yep. but the movement that started in college campuses and Christian high schools, hmm. um, there are all sorts of stories of how God was moving through chapels, um, hmm. chapel services that wouldn't, um, the students begged to, to stay um, and, uh, and the Lord was moving. And you start to see how the culture was beginning to change as well in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, well, what, what, what caused that, though, uh, Terry? Um, again, things were pathetic. Like you say, there was explosions. There was arrests. In fact, I was in Chicago the summer of, uh, I think it was 68, and uh, looking from an apartment uh, room where I was staying and just seeing you know the police go by with clubs and beating people. I mean, it was just crazy. In fact, I was in law school then a, a, you know, a year or two later, in Washington, D.C., and they even canceled all the exams that spring semester of, uh, you know, 70, whatever year it was. And uh, it, it, they canceled because of all the kids that were arrested. I mean, it, it was massive against the Vietnam War. What was it that turned <clears throat> students and others? What brought that that Jesus movement, as we, we often call it? What, what made it happen? Well, probably beginning in... Uh... 1967, uh, even Christianity Today had an article. Uh, they had been um, encouraging unity mm -hmm. of churches. But finally, around that time, um, I believe it was Christianity Today had said, well, you know what? Um, it's time to pray, folks. And uh, mm. you start seeing individuals leading prayer movements or beginning to lead prayer movements. I think, too, there was a what Richard Nixon coined the silent majority. Silent there majority. There was a yeah. praying majority um, in the country that were praying for the kids, uh, praying for um, uh, just peace in the streets. Remember, this was also the time of Vietnam mm -hmm. and protests and all sorts of things going on. So I think you had people who said, we've had enough. Mm. Um we need to begin to pray. And so prayer movements began. Okay. Uh, you had the workings of what would become T73, 
mm -hmm. uh, in the year 1973, a mass, um, uh, basically uh, united uh, evangelistic movement for the whole year of 1973 that was already being planned hmm. uh, by the Key Bridge in Washington. Okay. Folks like Billy Graham and others mm -hmm. yeah. launched this thing in 1973 because they could see that the country needed the gospel. Isn't that something? So, you know, many people came to faith in Christ. I got some personal friends, one who was a hippie. He would say a self-proclaimed hippie. He now is a leader of a Christian ministry and uh, been a professor at local Christian school and so on. I mean, a lot of lives were touched by that. And a lot of people came to Christ. And I was in you know college and law school during that period of time. And uh, yeah, we, we were aware. It, you kind of think, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. But um, we're back into another time of declension, to use that technical term, aren't we? I mean, and even in the church, this is what is, is concerning, certainly I know to you and me and, and many others, is the church is kind of divided itself over issues dealing, you know, the, 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 the racial things. Again, not to minimize, you know, the need for working on good relationships with others, but this critical race theory and and uh, just on the gender side of things, you know, the inclusiveness and diversity and, and uh, equity and those sorts of things that, that it's coming into the church as well. And uh, so there's, there's division even among Christians today. Where's all this going, do you think? Well, um, it seems to me that um, God is saying to the Americans and American church, you know, and maybe asking a question. How bad does it have to become in culture mm, yeah. before you start to pray? Pray, yeah. Um, I mean, what more do you have to see? What more do you have to experience mm. uh, before churches, individual Christians begin to say, we need to turn to God. Uh, mm. We can't handle this. Yeah, This is too big for any one church or mm. denomination. This is something that we need to do. Yeah. Studying revival movements, awakening movements, um, when that happens when God moves even in that way gives us a spirit of supplication um, churches depending you know denominations they cross lines they gather together in cities uh, they begin to earnestly pray and, mm. um, I studied uh, the second great awakening and uh, wrote a book about it and yeah in the course of that book I asked what will it take for the church today to fervently pray for revival as it did back then. Yeah. And um, one of the things that um, that helps move the church is that they have to become disgusted with the society in which they live mm. enough already. Um, we don't want this. I think a second thing that motivates people is to say, we don't want this for our kids. We don't want this for the second generation. Um, when you start looking at what is on television today, as you think about the standards of today, now project 10, 20 years from now, what's it going to be like for your grandkids, your great grandkids? Mm -hmm. You don't want that. So that motivates us to see we, we've got to be uh, on our knees praying. I think another thing is that we need to also see how God is um, judging and bringing judgment in every awakening, revival movement. Um, countries, uh, people, groups, whatever, begin to see that God is, is pleased with what's, what, what's going on. 
and there is a measure of judgment. Yeah. Um, and you think of um, the second great awakening and uh, the people before God moved in a powerful way, there was uh, outbreaks of smallpox. I mean, cities mm. were full of it. And the people realized that, you know, this is God saying to us something wrong. Uh, we, we need to return to him. I think another thing that brings people to their knees is the, the promises of God that are contained in the scripture um, for revival. And then uh, I think a fourth thing would be the church need to, needs to submit to what God has said in his word and stand on the word and not compromise. we got to obey him. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then a final one is we need to become jealous. Um, and hmm. that's usually what helps propel um, churches to pray and to seek it because they see God moving in some other area. And they say, we want that in our area. We want that in our church. We want to see God moving in a powerful way. So that propels yeah. people to be on their knees. That's good. For example, I mean, he's moving in other parts of the world today, right. in That's China, right. Iran, other other parts of the world where actually Christians are being persecuted. Right. But here in America, the church has been in a, a decline. Uh, less than 50% of Americans now attend church on a regular basis. That's the first time in the history of our country that, that's been that low, I believe. And and so, you know, there, there's... It's, 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 so when you talk about praying, you're talking about united prayer, fervent prayer, specifically, I mean, it, it's tempting to pray, God, this is very uncomfortable, and I want, my, I want my comfort back again. You know, I want everything to be nice again and normal, because I deserve it, because I'm an American Christian. That's not really what you're talking about, is it, when you say praying? No, there, there is a brokenness. And when God does move in a powerful way and brings yep. revival, one of the things that you hear and you read about is um, a brokenness. Um, people, mm. uh, you, know, you remember scenes or maybe you read about you know, Jonathan Edwards' uh, sermon, Sinners yep. in the Hands of an Angry God. And, right. I mean, uh, people are crying and wailing to God. They've, they're in the presence of God in a unique way when God brings an mm. awakening. That's like almost the Shekinah glory of God falls mm. upon. Some have uh, called the manifest people. presence of That's God. That's right. They use that term, yeah. And, and in that, when that happens, um, people see themselves, compare themselves to the glory of God and say, mm. hopefully, like Isaiah, a yeah. man on whom lives. And so there's a brokenness. There's a, uh, a, rebuti- a re- uh, kind of rebooting of one's heart and life saying, you know what, I have been selfish. And mm. it's interesting you read stories, accounts of awakening and pastors who have mm. been faithful in their ministry yeah. uh, are one of the, one of the folks, uh, the people that are headline crying, you know, I too have failed. And, you know, um, and, mm. and so everyone needs a reboot. And the other thing that happens when a awakening happens is that it's God's way of putting the church back on course again. It's like giving the church steroids. It doesn't last long. Uh, revivals weren't meant to, to continually happen. Mm-hmm. The, the kind that God brings that revives churches. And, and, and these revivals spread not just from one location. They spread like a pebble on a water. The ripples go overseas and other countries. And um, But then 
the church begins to say, you know, we have a greater mission too. And so God reboots the mission of the church. Hmm. Well, that's good. Well, we definitely need to see that happen. Uh, what is your sense, you know, as you talk to other believers, as you interact, as you see what prayer movements have begun in our country today, are you on the optimistic side or more on the pessimistic side? Where, where are we heading? Do you have any sense, Terry, from, from your perspective? Um, you certainly do hear more about prayer movements and <clears throat> praying. Um, I think what has to happen as well is we need to become untangled with political movements mm -hmm. and some of the things that have gone on in the last well, couple of years in the sense that um, mm -hmm. you've got to think about the kingdom of God. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's good that you see parents today, for example, in Virginia who are right. saying enough already yep. and that has to happen. Um, but it seems to me that the second thing that God's saying to the church today is, are you willing to possess your possessions? Uh, you think about Judges and Joshua. Uh, are, is the church willing to help um, and desires for the kingdom of God to come and for God's kingdom to transform cultures and for people groups to, to know him? Um, are we, do we want to see government change? We want to see culture change. We, we want to see this. And I'm afraid that there's a lack of faith. And that's why people don't pray for it. Mm. This is too bad. It's too far gone. Right. For God to even change. And so what happens is that we compromise. And I, uh, that's kind of the what I see happening. I think on the surface, God is, we see something happening. We see the church trying to respond to culture in ways that are not right and healthy. But I think and I, I believe that God's still stirring underneath the surface. It's that silent majority that are still working. And you begin to see it growing uh, and it's discouraging, but at the same time, it builds our faith and trust in him. But mm -hmm. I think about Joshua and you think about Caleb. Yeah. I'm preaching on that this Sunday morning about okay. Caleb. Uh -huh. It's interesting that in, as the, the children of Israel started to now go into their own areas to conquered to, mm -hmm. to remove the Canaanites so that God's people could establish, you know, yep. the land that God gave to them to Abraham. Yep. And um, you see that in Judges, that movement stopped for two reasons. They stopped possessing their possessions or their inheritance. Hmm. Um, and one of the reasons for that was that they were afraid of the chariots. There were some of the groups, the Canaanite groups, who had chariots. And so they were afraid of dealing with that. Um, and I think about how that happens today where we, as Christians, don't dare to speak out because we have chariots of our own. We have social media that we're mm. afraid of. We're afraid of the woke culture that we live in. Mm. We're afraid of making a stand because that might uh, get us on the outs. Um, we don't want to be labeled as, as, um, bigots or racist or whatever the case. So we, we end up saying nothing. Yeah. And the second thing that we see happening is that, uh, like, um, the Israelites of old, they didn't conquer everyone Canaanites because they wanted to, they really wanted tribute, tribute from the Canaanites. They wanted to make money off them. Okay. So it was better for them 
financially to keep them around and then, then they could kind of enslave them. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a fear factor. They wanted peace and uh, they also wanted um, to make money. And uh, like Francis Schaefer, who writes on, has a little book on Joshua, points that out and, and says, you know what, um, that's the problem with Christians today. In his day, I wrote yeah. that book, but that's uh-huh. certainly the problem today too. We don't want to lose, um, we want to make money. For example, um, reports are coming out about the Christian music, uh, contemporary Christian music. Right. Are they willing to make a stand or um, and maybe lose mm-hmm. fans? Yeah. Uh, and it's the same in the church, church today too. Are we willing to, to speak the truth? Um, even though it may offend people, um, or we just want to fill a pew. And that's, that's that, that's the issue. Uh, We're interested in making our own little kingdoms. We're interested in making money or selling books and products Mm -hmm. and you name it. If that's more of an interest in our minds than doing what God wants us to do, then that has to be purged. I mean, that has to be taken care of so that, God's people will indeed possess their possessions. Yeah. He wants us to forsake all and follow him. Right. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And it doesn't mean that we view, you know, the non-Christians of the world as our enemies that we have to hate. You know, it's, it's, that's where politics goes. Right. You know, Jesus says in Matthew, I think it's 5, 44, 45, you know, You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who even persecute you. What? And that that is just amazing. I mean, a real enemy are not other people. I mean, it's really Satan, you know, the world system, the flesh and the devil. But the enemy, you know, Satan is behind so much of this. And he wants us to love people and communicate in love the truth but not be afraid to communicate that truth to, to the non-Christians of the world. And you um, think about, yeah. you know, um, the Israelites, they conquered the land with, with what they had as weapons. I mean, yeah. they, they went with God's strength. I mean, that's uh, it. you know, Deborah eventually, you know, yeah. the judges took on those chariots and they were no match, no match at all for God's people and, and through the strength of God. Yeah. And, and, but then today, we don't go after our enemies. We don't conquer with bullets and we don't conquer with yeah. riots and That's so right. forth burning. That's right. We go through and impulses our weapons, our weapons that demolish strongholds, spiritual yeah. strongholds, the word of God, um, prayer. Yeah. yeah. Think about how these are our weapons to yeah. possess our possessions. Yeah. You want your children to live in a, a country and a culture that's free. Yep. that they can um, step outside without fear of being shot. Mm-hmm. Um, what weapons do we have in our arsenal to make that happen, to change this culture? And Paul makes pretty clear that we do have spiritual weapons, that, right. and that we, but we need to voice those weapons, That's uh, it. those, those th- things in our arsenal. Yeah. We've got to stand up and make a stand. And, uh, I think when it's dark, even a small light is bright, right? Yeah, yeah. In your corner. And I think we we minimize the power of prayer. Right. God works through prayer. Again, there's part of my brain that doesn't get it. Okay, why do I need to ask God? Well, he says, you have not because you ask not, you know? Right. 
it, and he wants us to be praying. You know, look at Luke 11, Luke 18, where the, again, the emphasis to the apostles is persistent prayer. Keep at it, gentlemen, and that we are on the winning team. I mean, we it, it's so tempting to feel, oh, the scary world. Let's just huddle in our little churches and wait for, you know, the second coming. And, oh, wait a minute. Again, from Matthew 28, Jesus saying to the 11, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So go, don't play defense. Go make disciples, guys. And I was, I was teaching recently in a class, and I, I someone had sent me this thing about what actually happened to the, the apostles. Okay. One of the apostles that he was speaking to actually died of old age. And that was John, even though they tried to kill John by throwing him apparently in a big vat of boiling or oil, hot oil, whatever it and God spared him. He ended up dying. Every other apostle, including the additional ones, which would be Paul, Matthias, who took Judas's place. I mean, either, you know, they were, were hung or sword or, you know, head cut off or stoned or thrown off a building, whatever. Not very pretty. No. But um, because they were faithful to go with encouragement and courage and prayer and obedience, not perfectly, but to the best of their ability, you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit, because they were, we're talking today about these things, because they were faithful. Yeah. You know, the other thing about that, Randy, too, you think about leaders. Yeah. Um, I just read a, a survey from Barna, I think it was, that uh-huh. 38% of the pastors uh, had considered quitting over the last year, year and a half, because of all the sure. problems with yeah. COVID and, yeah. and other um, political things that have gone on that have divided the church. Sure. And, you know, um, we need pastors. We need spiritual leaders. Yes. Um, and we need to be praying for all of them, but they too need to have the kind of tenacity and mm. the kind of vision that a Caleb had, a Joshua had, or um, our leaders in our past willing yeah. to um, stand up, willing to continue through the power and strength of the Lord. And um, you, you read the literature of pastors, the Puritan pastors. I studied quite a bit of those, uh, of those the writings of those pastors years ago and wrote a little book on that. And it, it, it's amazing. We have to be dependent upon God in all things, especially ministry. And uh, we are often too much like Martha and not enough like Mary. Yeah, yeah, just going about doing stuff and, you know, watch me, God, I can get it done. But no, no, we need to depend. It's got to be God. He can, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or imagine according to his power that's working. That's right. And that's then I right. love that scripture from John 7, 37, 38, where Jesus, you know, just says that he who believes in me out of his innermost belly or heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke right. of the spirit. So we need to believe that and see the miracles that that honestly are going on in other parts of the world where the church is being persecuted, and yet the church is growing. I'm led right. to believe, uh, from what I understand, there'll be more Christians, real Christians, in China than in America as trends continue in the not-too-distant right. future. Come on, what's wrong? Come on, fellow American Christians, and I'm speak, you can speak to me the same way. Let's get it going. Let's take that step of obedience. Let's be in fervent prayer. And uh, again, what he does is up to God, but 
but boy, he can he can do so much. And I really think he wants to for the sake of our kids, our grandkids, like you talk about, Terry. Let's let's leave a legacy best we can. Um, but uh, so thank you for for your thought. Thanks for your good work too, Terry. I'm just so thankful for your persevering day after day, uh, getting the word out and 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 playing offense and praying with fervor and writing and you really do a great job, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm th- so thankful for you. So Thank you, Randy. Amen. Why don't you close us in prayer? Terry, would you do that? Yes. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the hope that we have. Your word contains so many promises that are hopeful, and we pray that we may read them, study them, meditate upon them, and pray them back to you. Mm-hmm. We are thankful for how you have worked in the past in our nation, how you've worked as you have led and raised up leaders, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to raise up spiritual leaders, champions, Lord, yes. who will lead your church forward. We pray desperately, Lord, for your spirit to anoint us, Lord, as a church in the United States, in America, uh, in the West, Lord, with your spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in a powerful way yes. to awaken your church, hmm. that indeed we may be the light into the world and that Lord, um, this younger generation that is often confused and hopeless may finally hear the good news and that, Lord, you would take these young people and continue to finish the work of evangelizing the nations. Oh, Lord, you've done it in the past and we believe that you can do it again. And so our heart, our hope, our strength is in you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Terry. Thanks again for... Thank you, Great work, and it's great being, great partnering with you, brother. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.